With so much drama in the NLD, it's kind of hard being neophyte and D. But Holland somehow, some way, keeps coming up with hat tricks like every single day. May I kick out Lodge with the G's? Yeah. And give a few props to Potter? Yeah. That's actually it. I didn't go any further. That's what we're doing on this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes. Gentlemen, I'm, so, I'm sorry for that. You nailed it. Oh, brother. Uh, I oh, couldn't even finish the full verse, though. Like, I Chris, tried to come up with more. This, please. I'm sorry. Is he on mute? What is going on? I'm, I'm just, I'm stunned. I'm in appreciation. Uh, I'm embarrassed. It, I have all the feelings. It's great. Good <laughs> job, man. I, I, it, if loving that is wrong i don't want to be right nate mm. was, um, you're a beautiful man worthy of <laughs> i wish i would have come up with the last two bars there? you pulled up hold up you put yourself out there nate you feel me i do i, I love do. it it was beautiful well i wish i would have come up with the last two bars to really like drive it home but i had nothing else i had nothing else i couldn't make anything fit those last few bars so i have no notes. what i had no notes and, nothing uh, we're happy to we're happy to go. But we we are going to get into the North London Derby drama. We're going to get into City and Holland's domination, talk Lodge out a little bit. But before we get to that, we can talk about what was the final nail in the Lodge out coffin because Andrew, you unfortunately chose to focus on Wolves this week. You could have chosen any week actually and it would be unfortunate the way they played this season, but um yeah, it wasn't really that great of a match. West Ham two, Wolves nil. Tell me, tell me your thoughts. I I Nate, you and I are friends. Right? We're friends. We're friends. And if I were to say to you, let me just hypothetically say this. Nate, if I were to say, Nate, I love you, would you believe me? Potentially. Yeah. Probably. So when I say that watching this match this weekend was the meanest thing you've ever done to me in our life, like why, why, why would anybody want to watch this team? I, I'm okay. So we we know that I happen to like a different team, kind of like we're not official, but we're kind of seeing each other type of thing. Right. Yeah. And that team is like really aggressive and they push the ball and they 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 really seem like they're trying to always take advantage of what the other team is trying to do. And they seem like they're offensively strategic and they have an idea and they know what they're doing and they're not stupid. Do you hear what I'm saying, Nate? Wolves, I don't think they know what offense means. Um, I don't. You're not wrong. You're not I, wrong. I think that's part of the reason. That it, I don't want to because we're friends. I want to emphasize again, we're friends. I did not get a sense of anything that they were. It, 
you ever have someone who's not good at telling jokes tell you a joke? That's what that felt like. It's like, this is the Wolves' impression of offense is we're going to do this, and they just don't know what they're doing. And I, I was frustrated the whole time because I want to like them because, again, good kids. But um, can I defer to you? Can you tell me what's going on, please? I mean, I think they don't have they don't have an attacking presence. If you were, if you're paying close enough attention, the the. the the only time they were making any sort of effort on goal was once Diego Costa came in. So he came in, uh, in the second half. Wait, and... wait, can I cut you off? Yeah. Why, why did, why did he not start? Uh, because he hasn't really been match fit. He hasn't played. That's the first time he's played in like nine months. Cause okay. he's, he's old and was like semi-retired. Essentially. Um, the more, you know, just in case, <laughs> just in case. The, the other guy, uh, Adame Traore, was another guy who uh, came on. He's the guy who had the baby oil, the jacked, the jacked guy with baby oil on his arms. Okay. Did you notice that? I, I noticed the glistening fellow in the sun. He looked like an angel straight from the heavens. Yeah, that guy? Yeah. Well, that's legitimately, he greased himself in oil because people just abuse him. And he's super fast and jacked. And so he does that on purpose so they can't get a grip on him. Hold on. So. We have to pause for a second. We got another surprising, the more you know. <laughs> Hit that soundtrack again. Double it up, baby. Yeah. So both of those guys, I think, were were really like a, more, created more of an attacking presence. But you're not wrong. Like one of one of the wolves fans that i respect he's kind of he understands tactics really well i follow him on twitter he basically says that wolves play have been playing in a horseshoe shape around the box and they have no one in the center to pass it to they have no one none of their players have the presence to make a run into the box and they're just without a center forward and so what, um, what would it take they just need a center forward that's it yeah, I mean, all their center forwards are inter- injured. So Raul Jimenez is there, like, traditionally has been great. He's the one who had the he- head injury and hasn't been the same. Then they signed oh. this Sasha Kalajik, the really tall guy. He gets injured within 45 minutes of his debut. So they just don't have anyone who plays that position. And so uh, the difference is you have a, a team like City, so Manchester City hasn't before Holland didn't have a true striker. They would play with like a what's called a false nine, which yeah. is like a player who is not a traditional forward but can act like it. And but they're so amazing and technically sound and well co- managed that they could dominate with possession and would win and not just win but like dominate the league. And so uh, part of the thing is Wolves don't have the same quality of players, of course, and they don't have the same quality of manager. And (laughs) the difference is, you know, Wolves suck and are not fun to watch and uh, City is amazing. So, um, and now City has a true striker and that now we see even more so what it looks like to have a true striker. So 
that kind of explains why they're bad and why Lodge got fired. Um, can I um, repeat the same tweet that I tagged you in from earlier? Yes. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, Erling Holland, Halland, or Holland, um has scored three goals in a game three times this season. Uh, Wolves have scored three goals as a team all season. Yep. And um, again, Nate, I, I want to apologize, but also I just want to make sure our friendship is going to survive this week. It can, it can survive it. I don't think that, like I said, when we were texting beforehand, I don't think Wolves will finish in relegation. Um, I'm but crossing this, my fingers, dude. Look, but, you this, see but I did, I was so desperate. I did start an official EFL Neophytes Twitter handle in case I need to start a, a sister podcast next year when I'm hosting uh, championship Neophytes. I'll join you and we can talk about uh, North City. There you go. Norwich will probably come up though. And they are That's, actually looking really good. That um, only thing I would say wolves are looking at a couple surprise, surprise Portuguese managers to replace Bruno, but actually the number one choice right now is, Oh, actually. Yeah. He's uh, Spanish. So just a neighbor, but Let I don't me even know how to say his I, name. I assume they're looking for somebody who focuses on offense. Just throwing that out there. You would think, but actually the the two guys at the top of the list play complete opposite systems. So it's kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they're doing. So this will be a very important uh, signing. All right. Well, let's jump. We've talked in far too much about Wolves at this point. Uh, let's talk hang about- on, hang on, hang on. Oh, okay. Before we move on from Wolves, I do want to know- Give me your, give me your maybe top one or two or three realistic options for next Wolves manager, and give me your top two dream scenario. And not, you know, don't say Pep Guardiola. I mean, like someone who's actually available. That would be the dream scenario for you. Um, I think the realistic ones. This Julian Lopetegui. He's the manager of Sevilla. Um, he is, he's been linked with Wolves in the past. He's probably going to get the job. I would prefer a sporting's manager, Ruben Amarim. Uh, okay. He's a Portuguese guy, but he, he led sporting to their first Portuguese title two seasons ago in like 19 is years. They is that sporting Lisbon? Sporting CP. I don't know actually what it, oh, okay. so they uh, they finished second last season and they're two and0 in Champions League right now in their group. They just and I don't think they've allowed a goal. I think they've scored five goals, haven't allowed one. They beat Spurs actually, <laughs> ironically. Um, so not that there's any fans of Spurs here, but uh, no. so those no. are probably the two, but he's he's really expensive. I think he has a 30 million uh dollar buyout clause so he's he's not likely but those are two who are kind of likely or they're being talked about a lot well um, Sevilla's program is really good too so either of those guys seem like maybe a, a pretty decent high if they can afford it yeah yeah i i mean i really think this lopetegui guy i think he's the one who's going to get the get the job those are the kind of the early indications um as far as dream 
I think uh, Jose Mourinho. I think Pochettino. I think Pochettino would be great. He's obviously coached at the highest levels. Um, former Spur uh, Tottenham manager Pochettino, and also former PSG. I think he'd be interesting. Um, I actually do think. I don't think I want him, but I do think uh, Mourinho would be insane. It would just be insane. Yes, <laughs> he's a he's a trip no matter what. So he's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. So so there it is. That's now we've officially exhausted all. We've squeezed all of the juice out of the wolves' uh, lemon. All right, let's move on now. So let's move on to the North London Derby because that's where Andrew really wants to camp. Uh, he's written an essay. He's submitted to some national journals. Um, he is furious. Uh, but Arsenal, 3-1 victors in the North London Derby. They remain top of the table. Um, but Andrew, and I didn't watch almost any of it because it was a 4.30 start. So Andrew, remember how hot it is for Chris. Chris is outside. So try and keep that in mind. But I do want to hear, you went to a pub. Tell us that was your first pub experience, Spurs pub experience. Give us a little bit of that atmosphere and then you can go go off. Hang on, Andy. Hang on, Andrew. Before you go, I just want to say, this is the part of the podcast where I would hit two times speed on uh, whatever it is you're about to say, because it's probably going to be really long. So go for it. Okay, got it. I would like to clarify a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I'm not furious. Um, it was a it was a fantastic match, especially watching it in real time. Um, I got to the pub at about four fifteen, um, and it was packed. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Going. It was. God, it was great. I will say this. There was a, a couple of, uh, like, English bar chants or whatever, you know, when you're at a, at a soccer rally match, whatever. I'm, I, fellas, I got to admit, I uh, may have, whatever, had a little too much to drink tonight. Um, so you know how during the soccer matches, everybody starts a chance. They tried them, and some of them were good, and some of them were embarrassing. So whatever. Um <laughs> Very Spursy. I guess. Anyway, it, it was also 4.30 in the morning. Just want to clarify. But no, it was a great match. So here's my thing. Um, I'm already going to spoil it. The I'm trying not to be a homer. So here's my non-homer take of the week. The first uh, goal by uh, Party. Is that his name? Party? Yeah. Uh, was the uh, it was the best goal of the week? It was one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. It was uh, an absolutely incredible goal. Uh, Loris was not on his game, but even if he was, that was a beautiful goal. I don't think he would have been able. He to wasn't going to stop that. No. Yeah, it was a it was a beautiful goal. Um, uh, I will say about the match also that um, Arsenal's second goal when it like kind of spurted, like Loris jumped on it and kind of spurted out, and then you know we kicked it in. Um, I'm going to use this word, and I want you guys to pause before you get mad. I'm going to call it a fluke in the sense that it doesn't happen often. Not that it was a fluke goal, but that, you know, that sort of thing's not going to happen. 99 times out of 100, that sort of thing doesn't happen. So when they're down 2-1, 
I honestly was not worried. And then the red card. Nate, there was, come on on that red card. Are you kidding? The guy wasn't moving towards the goal. It was like, it wasn't, if you're going to call it intentional, barely. And if you're going to call it above ankle, again, barely. And if you're going to say he wasn't going for the ball, I prove that in the court of law. It was the worst red card. There were three calls. There were three yellow cards later that were worse than that red card. And that red card affected the entire rest of the game. Here's the thing. Arsenal's whole thing was they were doing the press offense or press defense, right? They were on Tottenham. They were on their asses. Remember in um, uh, um, uh, 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 22 Jump Street, the sequel to 21 Jump Street? Yes. He's like, we're watching you. We're going to be on your asses. And then Jonah Hill's like, right up the crack. That was Arsenal. They were right up the crack. The whole entire game, everybody was on everybody. Now, here's the thing. It was annoying. Arsenal dominated possession for the first half, but Tottenham had a bunch of breakaways. Only, like, they didn't all convert, obviously, but they were close on a, uh, on a bunch of them. So when they were down 2-1 on, again, what I'm calling a fluke goal, still wasn't worried. No joke. Everybody in the pub was like, oh, we got this, fellas, because nobody. Arsenal's a bunch of bitches, right? Right? That's what we're saying. Anyway, and then that red card, that red card fucked everything. Like, we couldn't, all of a sudden you're a man down when they're pressing you, and obviously Arsenal's younger and faster, but Tottenham's smarter, and we all have, I almost said another bad thing. Anyway, I I, I don't want to overdo it, but Here's the thing, Andy. You're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It probably shouldn't have been a red card. But it absolutely it, shouldn't have been a red card. It, it could be a red card. It's a it was a high tackle above the ankle. I know I, I agree with you. I don't think it should have been a red card. Thank you. But it could be. And that's and that's the way they went. Thank yeah. you for validating my feelings, Nate. You're welcome. Um, I just need to feel like I'm in a space where I can be heard. And I appreciate you telling me that I'm not wrong. Like, you don't have to agree with me, but at the same time, I'm not wrong. Thank you. Yes. Anyway, um, I still enjoyed it the whole time. I got to be honest, I had a great time. Um, having said that, I got home and then um, t- uh, I fed my kids breakfast and then I took a nap for like three hours. Nice. Because, you know, 4.30. God, why do English people exist? That's brutal. Those are early matches. Well, the other, there were multiple derbies this weekend and the other derby was the Manchester derby. Uh, and we already alluded to this a little bit, but Holland with a hat trick, um, he just continues to dominate the league. I think he's on pace. What is it? 62 and a half. Is that right? Um, yep. that is just a remarkable, insane number uh overshadowing phil foden's also hat trick um which no one's talking about which sucks for phil but um holland dominated yeah i'm sorry go ahead chris yeah i was gonna say i don't remember the exact year but 
a Manchester City player had not scored a hat trick in the Manchester Derby since like 1958, and they both <laughs> did it in the same game <laughs> this weekend. That's funny. So remember, after week one, week two, we had um, um, early week, early year predictions or overreactions. Yeah. Um, here's a week eight overreaction. Holland's going to have the most goals in the English Premier League ever. That's my overreaction. He will have like the, all all time. All, you mean this all season? All time. Yeah. Um, he will until score. what did you until what did you say? Until his heart explodes from until steroids. his heart explodes from steroids. taking steroids. Listen, <laughs> that was an internal joke that maybe should not have gone out on the air. That's and not that was, the worst thing you've you've alluded to on the air. Was so I think we're fine. Thinking because I realized that Man City is better than Tottenham. Yeah, I'm not better going than to deny it. They're better than everybody. But um, I kind of wish you maybe didn't say it out loud. <laughs> Chris, tell us how, as a United fan, tell us how you felt and what you're thinking. Yeah, well, let me say this first. I know, based on my team, I'm supposed to hate Manchester City and blah, 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 whatever. I don't care about that. Like, Erling Holland is absolutely incredible. I don't know how anyone could not enjoy just watching him play you can still hate the team but like that dude i mean he's just an absolute athletic freak he's a one-of-a-kind talent that who knows when we'll ever see anything like this again uh what i do love is like i don't know if you guys have seen it but he kind of seems to be a very like down-to-earth guy totally outside pitch like there are videos of twitter of him just like wandering around manchester in like shorts and a t-shirt and slides and just like going in and out of stores like by himself just hanging out like people drive by and honk he's like oh hey guys like <laughs> like it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal I, i'm i'm a big i'm a big fan i'm not gonna lie about every that. time i so, hear every time i hear an interview with him i'm always like shoot i forgot you don't sound like ivan drago right you sound like a just really sweet young boy like, yeah which he yes. is he's like a young kid yeah and he's really sweet and he's he does seem humble and he on the pitch he looks like a robot like a yeah. manufactured uh robot athlete but off the pitch he seems to be just completely yeah. likable i mean it's it's wild like because like most of these guys like you're either tall or fast right he's both and you're yeah. either a good passer or a good scorer. He's freaking both. Like, like he's such, I, he really is. He's a robot made in a soccer factory. Um, and he's just incredible. So anyways, enough about my love of him. Um, I was not surprised by any means at the outcome. Um, two weeks ago, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, Manchester United hadn't played a game in a month. And I was very I was very worried it's going to take them time to get back into the swing of things. Like you guys know, you can only simulate so much in practice and you can never actually simulate a game. So um, wasn't surprised at the outcome. It was good, <clears throat> I guess, to see them quote unquote, win the second half. Um, but you know, you go into halftime down four Oh, finish the game six, three. Uh, it took them a while to get into kind of any sort of rhythm it was a very expected outcome to me. I am not upset. Like 
typical Man United fans online just losing their mind, going crazy. And it's like, what did you expect? Like, they're the best team in the world. Like, you can, we can say whatever we want. But at the end of the day, if you watch that match, you know that they are the best team in the world. And, um, you know, it's hard to play the best team in the world when you haven't played in a month and all you've been doing is practicing. So, um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, the first half, yeah, it sucked. As a United fan, it was probably pretty amazing if you're a City fan. Um, but at the end of the day, it was exactly what I expected and thought it was going to be. And I'm just glad that, you know, United showed a little bit of heart in the second half. They got, you know, a couple goals. And Anthony's goal, I don't know if you guys yeah. saw that. It was a gorgeous goal. I didn't see a whole lot this weekend. Um, but that was my goal of the week uh, from what I saw. Anthony's was beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, Andrew? Uh, okay. So one of the things I um, really like about the way you talk about uh, uh, United um, is uh, minute distribution. Um, were you okay with how minutes were distributed in this match and how would you have done it differently, if at all? Yeah, are you talking to the Ronaldo controversy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris, hold on real quick before you you continue. And I know it's hot outside and I know your air conditioning is out and I know that we're trying to speed this up. But also, um, duh, 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 (laughs) maybe. Can I say duh again? Maybe one more time? One more time? One more time? Duh. Yes, of course. That's what I'm talking about. So I actually, as the game was unfolding, I I side with Eric Ten Hag on this okay. one. Um, I, I thought there was no purpose to putting Ronaldo into that game in the state of which it was. And so I was glad that he brought on Anthony Martial to play the front um, because he's been injured since preseason. He had a great preseason and got injured in practice right before the regular season. So he needed to get some burn. He ended up scoring two goals. Uh, one was on a penalty, but he was the one that actually got fouled in the box. So uh, he earned that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I side with Eric Ten Hag on that one. There was no reason to put him in there. Um, I think we've seen United's offense goes very stagnant when he is in there. And so what, what was going to happen? They were going to go from having zero goals to still having zero goals. So, um, I'm all I'm like I have gone through a handful of different managers as a United fan and Ten Hag is the first who actually seems to continuously have a plan for everybody and so I'm siding with him on this one I don't think that's the game to throw him out there like why what's the point like so that people get pictures of him on the pitch one last time at Manchester City I don't know so uh, I think I think Eric played it great. Uh, I mean, his worst substitution was bringing Fred on with 17 minutes left, but that's because Fred's a horrible football player. That's because it's always the Fred bringing Fred on at any point is always the bad decision. Yeah, it's the waving of the white flag for sure. However, Fred did lead to Anthony Marshall's first goal because he actually had a really nice shot that Ederson saved, and Anthony and Marshall just got to tap in with his head. So, uh, kudos. Fred, good job creating that opportunity for us. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Derby was exactly what I thought it was. And even watching it, um, you know, Pep's style of play and his tactics are just phenomenal. Um, 
I forget what the name of his tactic is. Like there's actually a specific name for it that comes from their whatever the lineage of coaches that he's kind of involved in, but it's a specific name for having like a, a very aggressive attacking get the Wait, ball is this back. Like at all a crossbones thing where you <laughs> yeah. have to know the handshake in order yep. to know the what are we talking about? Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a belief that that having the ball is better than not having the ball. And so the attacking duh. system. Sorry. The attack- I'm sorry. I'm going to go from the school of heaven and go, duh. Right. But you say that's that. The same, that's the same strategy that wolves have been using, Andrew. <laughs> so so be careful what you what you say duh to until yeah. you fully understand. <laughs> so, so Pep's, that, that tactic is that if we give up the ball, we're going to do everything to get it right back. And, and you see that in their aggression and in their attacking. So I love that style of play. It's very fun to watch. If you don't have the skill players that Pep has, it can lead to ruin very quickly um, because teams can counterattack and go score. But because they have who they have on their team, it's just beautiful football to watch. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're very talented. We, we all agree on this. Is this up for debate? No. All right. Uh, what is up for debate is very good. What is up for debate, though, is whether or not uh, Liverpool is any good, or maybe even on the flip side, is Brighton good? Because Brighton continues to put out great performances. Graham Potter left. He is now at Chelsea. Chelsea got the two-one win, um, but Brighton came out and beat or drew with Liverpool 3-3 in a super exciting game. Trissard had a hat trick. Uh, they were up 2-0. I did text you guys and say that this is the perfect time to bet on Liverpool to win, which I actually did. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I don't want Liverpool to win, but I was kind of rooting for that at the end. But uh, a, a 3-3 draw, Brighton, I think's legit. And... Liverpool sitting at ninth with without really a good defense. I think that's one of their biggest issues. They're supposed to have the best defender in the world in Van Dyke, and he hasn't been good. Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is great offensively, offensively has been a huge liability to them. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think, Do you think they can think top call, four? I think calling – uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, a huge liability, is an understatement. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that's giving him too much credit for his defense. Uh, he is, I, you know, the sad part is, is like he's a phenomenal offensive defensive player. Yeah, um, he's a horrible defender, and he's been absolute garbage this season, which. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know he was coming off a big injury last year and all of that stuff. So hopefully he finds his way back just for the Liverpool fans. But I think their biggest issue is legitimately Virgil van Dyke, who's supposed to be the greatest defender in the world, is not playing even remotely close to that buildup. And their defense is just letting goals in left and right. Yeah. Also, I think I think it's important for me to note that Trussard 
is a starting member of the Kyle Walker all-star team for me. He is. He's one of my least likable <laughs> players. Andrew, I don't know if you know about this, but Kyle Walker is a defender for, for Manchester city and for no really good reason. He's just really unlikable to me and Chris. So we've created a Kyle Walker all-stars and we just throw guys who we think are what, whether legitimate or not. Yeah. Seem like assholes and, and Trussard just looks like one. He may be a great guy. I don't know anything yeah. about him. It's mostly based on how they look. Yeah. Compare him to some Compare him to somebody from a different sport. A petulant child. That's what he is to me. So is he a Pat Beverly, a Robert Ory? Is he a Larry Bird? Is he a... Help me out he's, here. He's an Alex Caruso. <laughs> he's an Alex Caruso. I'm sorry like, for all of our English fans. I mean, Patrick Beverly is a deep enough cut, but then to go Alex Caruso, that's like... That's because real. he's a... Hold he's on, like hold a on. white. Chris, Chris, is he also a Joe Dumars? No, no, Joe Dumars no, was no. a baby, but he was amazing. Right. And I guess, I guess, no, no. Oh, wait, oh, you're talking. Oh, I'm sorry, you're feeling talent and. No, I don't know. That's maybe not fair. It's essentially purely just based on like if I look at you and you annoy me and I just don't want to like you, you're on the Kyle Walker All Star team. Yeah, that's all Got it is. It. I'm with well, you. So you look at you look at Alice Caruso, he's just a white, goofy, like how is this guy in the NBA? And then he's actually kind of good, but he just is what he is. Okay. So well, I'm keeping Pat Be- Beverly on my list. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah. All right, good. Good talk, fellas. Good talk. Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. But I do think we, we need to give Brighton their props. Brighton continues to put out good performances. Last year, they showed a lot of signs of this, but couldn't keep it up in the second half. Um, so that, that remains to be seen. But good performance by them. And, uh, you know, those and are the I, tests. I do think it's important to note that every year that we've done this, Nate, since we've become fans and been following the league, there's always a team that shocks you in the first half of the season and then plummets in the second. And I'm not saying Brighton is going to do that, but we've seen it every year. We're like, holy crap, Southampton's in second place? This is insane. (laughs) And then they finish in 16th. Yep. Yep. Again, not saying that's going to happen to Brighton, but there's certainly a candidate. The The cream rises to the top. As they say, right. so the same reason I'm not doubt. I don't think Liverpool is going to finish mid table. Like good teams with excellent players are going to figure out a way. I don't think Wolves are top six, like I said earlier in the year, but I do believe it's the same type of thing. I think Le- Leicester, I think Wolves, I think West Ham, I think those teams will figure out ways to finish mid table, even low mid table, but avoid relegation. So. A team that has beautiful kits that we've talked about a lot, but, uh, and was, I think, almost unanimous pick to be the win the Wolves Award. Nottingham Forest is a damn shit show. They are a horrible team. They're a horrible team, which sucks because that's the match I'm going to watch Wolves play, and they're going to lose 1 0 to Nottingham. And then I'm going to have to come back on the pod and talk about how bad that is. But, Nottingham Forest is garbage. I guess like they're kind of proving this point that you can't go and spend a hundred million dollars on a whole bunch of pieces and hope they fit together. 
Um, but I'm shocked that they're this bad. I thought Jesse Lingard would be good. He's been garbage. Morgan Gibbs white. I thought they had made the additions that would be good for them, but they're, they're dog shit. Um, Nate, you know how we're both from Phoenix and we just both assume that everything's good. It's just not going to turn out right. Right. I just, I feel bad for you going to watch this man. I want to be there and like hug you beforehand. You know what I mean? Like brother, like Simba, like Lion King. I don't know what I'm going for. I'm just saying that like, ugh. Nottingham Great. versus Great. Wolves sounds like the worst match anybody could ever want to watch. Uh, I'm stoked. It's going to be amazing. I'm so really? excited. Oh, yeah. Because win or lose, I get to experience something that, like, either way, I'm going to experience a stadium with a crowd of fans. Like, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. I, I think I've got the perfect comp for Nottingham Forest. <clears throat> and that is they're the cute girl in college who's like i'm gonna go get a boob job and she goes and she gets a boob job and it's like okay now you're a cute girl with bigger boobs and then she's like i'm gonna get my lips done and then she's like i'm gonna get my forehead my forehead raised or stapled or whatever it is and and next thing you know the cute girl has done 27 procedures and she no longer resembles that cute girl that you knew and loved at the beginning of it. Mm, and that's like not it. a force. I love that. That's a great analogy. I mean, I don't know what the forehead stapling is, but I, 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 get, I get, I get, I get the analogy. I get where you're going. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not up to date on my cosmetic surgeries and the plastic implants and everything like that, but you know where I'm going with it. You know what I, I do know. And speaking of knowing, uh, the official knowing is half the battle this week, Andrew. Connor Gallagher scored the game-winning goal for Chelsea in Graham Potter's debut, assisted by none other than American Christian Pulisic, uh, playing in a more natural left wing position which surprised what happens when you put a guy in his right position he performs well so very exciting hopefully he gets more game time uh this is kind of two segments interwoven american watch and knowing is half the battle the point is for you andrew connor gallagher scored a game-winning goal against the team crystal palace that he played for last year he was on loan so he was still a chelsea player on loan and had a breakout season. It was the right move for him. He got tons of playing time, then came back to Chelsea, scored the game winning goal away. So he was at Selhurst park and he got, I saw the interview with him afterward. I mean, the crowd was amazing for him clapped, like celebrating him. They love him. What he did not do after he scored that goal, Andrew was celebrate. And that is like a sign of respect to a team that you previously played for. So it's very common, which the opposite happens sometimes where a player will kiss the badge of their new team 
almost as a middle finger to the team they used to play with. So um, very interesting little cultural piece to, to the sport. And now, you know, now, you know, and knowing is half the battle. GI Joe. Um, thank you for that. Yes. Um, so there is honor in this sport. Okay. Good to know. I got you some honor. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's not too uncommon for a guy to come back to the team that drafted him and like, you know, like do like a little kiss to the fans and the audience. You know what I mean? I think it depends on how quickly and the manner, right? Like I know we're talking about a lot of American sports right now, but Russell Wilson did not get a welcome reception in Seattle. And now granted, I think it was the first week of the season, right? But well, let's talk about red cards. We've already talked about the most consequential red card, uh, the Emerson Royal one, at least for uh, the people of this podcast. But there were other red cards. Uh, Chalaba for Fulham, I would argue, was maybe just as consequential. He has a red card in like the fifth minute, a just brutal tackle against uh, Newcastle and he's sent off and Newcastle goes on to win four to one. I don't know if that, if Fulham is not who we thought they were, which I lean towards that, but anytime you're playing uh, 10 man down for that long, it's bound to not work out well for you. So it was upheld, correct? Oh yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a it was a, a brutal tackle. It was yeah, very no, I mean I thought it was one. I just wanted to make sure it was upheld. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And then the other was Sinestra for Leeds. He had two yellows and he actually pulled a Raul Jimenez, uh, where he had a yellow card, and then not too long after on a free kick. Uh, he didn't stand far enough away. And when they did the free kick, he threw his leg out and kicked the ball. And uh, that's a yellow. And so he got a second yellow that happened to Raul last year, Andrew. Um, it actually won our red card of the year for just absolute lunacy. Raul's happened within like two minutes of each other. So it was even more insane, but, but Sinestra uh, pulling a Raul getting the, the double yellow and, getting sent off for Leeds, but Leeds managed to to hold firm and and get the nil-nil draw with Aston Villa. Top goals, guys. Uh, we've already mentioned Thomas Party, beautiful goal. Um, we talked about Anthony's goal. Um, anything else that you guys wanted to mention from, from top goals from the weekend? Nope, I didn't see a ton of them. So... I have no idea. I didn't see parties, but maybe it was better than Anthony's, but I saw Anthony's. I didn't, didn't see parties. So, Yeah, they were both great strikes from distance in the top bin. So great, great. Both of them were great goals, worthy of, of goal of the week. All right, well, we're going to jump into best bet. Uh, as previously alluded to, Chris is walking through a parking lot. At the, his house is in the nineties because his AC is out and it is actually cooler outside here in Phoenix than inside. So Chris is outside. So I'm going to take best bets for the week. Uh, Kyle and Tim much to Andrew's chagrin took Arsenal over Spurs. They both won. 
plus 110 for both of them. The other three of us, we were all big losers. Uh, Andrew had Bournemouth over Brentford. They drew. Uh, Chris had a West Ham Wolves draw. That did not happen. And I had Arsenal Tottenham draw, which also did not happen. Uh, that puts us, Andrew, still in the lead at minus $183. Uh, but coming up from behind is Kyle at minus 260. Tim's in third at minus 350. And then Chris and I both in the negative 600s. Chris barely ahead of me. Uh, it's it's not. Let's it's go. Not, it is let's, not let's good over Vegas, here. Baby, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so with that, uh, Tim, for this upcoming week, he is taking Aston Villa over Forest at plus 125. Kyle did not send his, his best bet in. So as a punishment, we have decided anytime Kyle does not send a best bet in, he is taking Fulham. We all know how much he does not like Fulham. <laughs> So he is taking Fulham over West Ham at plus 360, uh, which would be just amazing if that put him in the positive and in the lead if he won it. But uh, he's taking that. Chris, who are you taking? Yeah. So um, what if I told you I forgot who I was taking and I wanted and I wanted to change who I was taking? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so I who did I originally take? You took oh, Arsenal I, over yeah, Liverpool. Arsenal over Liverpool. Sorry, at plus one fifty-five. And while we've been doing this pod, and just based on the current state of where I'm at, um, I am changing my pick to Wolverhampton Wanderers plus seven hundred over Chelsea because they are getting the new manager bump. And they're going to shock the world on Saturday when they beat Chelsea. They might not have a new manager by then, though. So no, but they do. Even if it's not like a new new manager, they already have a new manager. All right, all right. So Chris is taking. He's trying to get into the positive with going Wolves oh. over Chelsea plus seven hundred. I love it. I am not doing that. I'm playing it conservative. I'm trying to build some momentum. Uh, I'm going to take Newcastle over Brentford at minus one twenty. And Andrew, who are you taking? I am taking the Chelsea over Wolves. At minus 270. I'm not offended by that. I totally, totally understand. We're entering into match week nine. Very excited. It's the last match week I'll be watching from home before going to Wolverhampton. Uh, There are some intriguing matches, but I think probably the ones there's two, one each day that I'm going to pick that I think are, are important and interesting to watch. I think Brighton versus Spurs will be one to watch. Um, Brighton mostly I'm interested in seeing, can they continue a good run of form against top top six clubs? They're at home, which will be a challenge for Spurs, but uh, I think that's that's a match to watch. And then probably the match of the weekend is Arsenal-Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, obviously mid-table right now, but still with title contention. Arsenal needing to prove themselves against the big six clubs. So those are the two matches that I think are, are must-watch over the weekend. I'm with you. I think those are the two. 
And then Andrew, who are you going to focus on this weekend? I'm going to focus on Leicester. Let's um, we uh, we watched a team that's about to be relegated this uh, this year. Let's watch another one and uh, let's have some fun, right? The Wolves are going down. Leicester's going down. It'll be a good time. Johnny, is that what they call it? I don't know. Well, let's give you a little background on Leicester. Leicester was founded in 1884. Uh, they're owned by a Thai family that I will not even attempt to say their name. Uh, their stadium is called King Power Stadium. Um, pretty, pretty up-to-date modern stadium. Their manager is Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers has been around the Premier League for a long time. Uh, he coached uh, Liverpool back in the day. Um he, yeah, he's been around for a while and is really highly regarded as a really good manager, but he is certainly on the, on the hot seat right now uh, with Lester's performance, maybe probably helped himself a little bit with that four nil win today, but um, he's also someone that's been rumored to maybe go to wolves. I wouldn't hate to have him. Uh, he's, he's obviously managed at a very high level. Um players to watch Jamie Vardy is their goal scoring striker, but he's really a shell of himself. I don't even know if he's scored this year yet. Um, he's old. He, he came into the league. He played a lot of, I think he's played in like every division of, of English football um, and kind of became great at kind of an older age, but He's also a shit house. If he scores, his celebration will be something amazing. He scored against Wolves and he went to the corner and howled into the, the side. Um, he's just, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's a really fun. It's, it's sad to see him like not really performing this season. I think he had an assist today, but um, Jamie Vardy's one to watch. Uh James Madison, he's remarkable. He had two goals today for them. Uh, midfielder, he's someone you'll want to keep your eye on. Yuri Tielemans, another midfielder who's who's excellent. Uh, Wilfred Ndidi, uh, Kalechi Iannaccio. Um, they're, they're really, I mean, they're 19th place, obviously, which probably doesn't lend you to thinking that they're a good squad, but, but they really have been a fun and good squad over the years. And I would say a pod favorite, like we, we've all really appreciated them. I think they all probably finished top five in clubs that we liked for Chris, me and Kyle, when we were selecting our teams. Yeah, they're and you know, they, they won the league in 2015. Yeah. 1516 2015 16 as a $5,000 underdog or nine, they were 5,000 5, to one. So 50,000 plus 50,000, yeah. right? Yes. 5,000 so, one underdog. Yep. And they won the league outright. Um, Jamie Vardy is so awesome. I think the only reason I didn't go with them. Well, one of the main reasons I didn't end up going with them because they finished second for me was um, <laughs> I think they had Angry Bird logos on their shoulders <laughs> that season. And I just couldn't 
I just couldn't pull the trigger on the team with Angry Bird on their sleeves. But anyways, they're a really fun squad. It's been really sad to see them this year. I think Brendan Rodgers is one of the better managers in the league. So um, there were a lot of rumors earlier this year already that he might get sacked and go somewhere else. There were rumors he might go to United over the summer. Um, I think any team that winds up with him is going to be better for it. I agree. That's why I would take him at Wolves. I think I think he's an excellent manager. Um, yeah. Whatever's happening. Sure. I mean, guys, this is like I feel like if I had chosen them first, I'd be stuck, right? This is why you take a whole season to choose. I guess. This is why when last this is why when when Tottenham's at seventh and you're like, what the hell, guys? Why is Tottenham so bad all of a sudden? We'll say, yeah, you needed to wait to the whole season and give it give it the whole time to choose a also, team. Also, um, can you stop talking about such a ridiculous situation as if Tottenham would fall to seven all season? You stupid, stupid man. Gosh, uh, this is the best. Yeah. The most yeah. the most naive Tottenham fan in the yeah, history of Tottenham fandom. Darling of a human being. It's amazing. Sweet, sweet summer child. Anyway, Gabe just Gallagher, to bring just to bring things back to Lester and to bring things back to Lester and to be a bit of a downer. Um, the other in, important thing to know about them is their chairman and owner died in a plane crash or in a helicopter cl- crash in 2018, leaving the stadium. So I remember that was the first year I was watching. I had just finished watching a match. I don't even remember what match it was. And all of a sudden the studio cuts back to Lester and the, he, the plane, the helicopter had gone down outside of the stadium, the owner pilot and a couple others died. So um, the, the son of the owner is now the chairman, um, but really kind of a, I think just an important like factor <laughs> to know they've had a really crazy last five years for, or seven years from winning the league to having their owner die in a play in a tragic helicopter crash. And, um, now to being in, in 19th place. So, well, that's all I got for tonight, gentlemen, any last parting words? Glazers out. How amazing would it be if Glazers do get, if I get rid of Robert Sarver and the Glazers within the same like year, that would just be the greatest sports year of all time. That would be amazing. Ah, yeah, I, there's no other equivalent, right? Glazers and Sarver, right? Perfect. Well done. Yeah. Perfect fit. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. Uh, you can also go to our website, soccerneophytes.com. And if Wolves continue their run of form, you can also follow me personally at EFL Neophytes and our new sister podcast, Championship Neophytes. So uh, Lodge is already out. So that's all I've got. Good night, boys. Good night.